You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we are continuing our build-up towards the North London derby. Arsenal take on Spurs at Emirates Stadium this Sunday, 4.30pm UK time. It's a huge game for both sides. It's a huge game for us as Arsenal fans. It always bloody is. And uh, fingers crossed we can come away with all three points. Now, on this edition of the podcast, I'm going to be taking you through the lineup I would like to see. The lineup that I think Mikel Arteta is going to go with. Some thoughts on the game and, of course, round it off with a prediction. I'll also be taking some of your comments and questions from the live chat, as always. And uh, if you're wondering and you're watching on the video while I'm why I'm looking a little bit worse for wear, why I've got bags under my eyes, it's because it was another sleepless night in the Simu household. But this time, not because of a newborn baby, because the North London derby is edging closer. And I, I put out a little video yesterday uh, titled What the North London Derby means to me um it was a little video that i wanted to do and and i've got a new camera and i've got some new equipment to take on the road with me as i hope to be bringing you guys more content from outside of the studio on the road as well outside the emirates stadium etc etc so i wanted to give that a little bit of a test still didn't nail it uh there was a couple of things i needed to improve on i had the camera on the wrong setting for example i did the whole video through once over and forgot to press record on the separate audio interface so yeah i had a few teething problems but we'll get there in the end i'm no technical uh, genius or no technical whiz as i always say to you guys uh, right let's say some good mornings to some of you joining us in the live chat big hello to raddy who was the first in there hope you're well mate uh, big hello to the advice giver uh, we've got uh, black and blanco who says happy saturday gunas side says good afternoon harry hope you're well my friend uh, big shout out to graham i uh, hope you enjoyed your holidays mate big hello to omar and of course to matt and of course to really plus everybody else watching us live everybody else listening via the audio platforms we uh appreciate all of your support let's say hello to uh, Jacobus as well who's just popped up there in the chat right so north london derby big big game and as i've talked about continuously through the week arsenal go into this i think in a good place you know you think about how we started the season and i was looking at this fixture three, four weeks ago and, and dreading it. And now as we are approaching closer and closer to D-Day, if you like, um, you know, I'm feeling a bit better about it. I'm feeling a lot more positive about it. I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about it. I'm feeling as though Arsenal should win this match, as if Arsenal are the favourites now. And that is partly because of the fact that we're at home and it's being played at the Emirates Stadium, but also partly because of the fact that Tottenham uh, have obviously seen a bit of a dip in form of late. Now, we talk about that old cliche over and over again. When the uh, derby comes along, form goes out of the window. And I think form can go out of the window, but I don't necessarily think it does. I'd still back the team more often than not with the better form uh, because that's a barometer of the level that they're currently performing at. So I don't think it should be 
completely disregarded but I agree with the notion that it isn't the be all and end all and that you know this is the kind of game from which you can create form and you can create a spring in which you then push on uh, and improve um, Matt G says uh, are you sure we're the favourites Harry I haven't actually looked at what the bookies um, have had uh, have had to say about this but I feel like the home side in a North London derby should always be the slight favourites slight favourites being the, the key term there I think in years gone by where Arsenal were far superior to Tottenham Hotspur then it was different I think Arsenal were favourites every single time. But obviously now you're looking at two teams that I think are quite evenly matched. Two teams who I think have got strong squads or or stronger squads than what they've shown, but have had players missing, have had to deal with off-the-field issues, etc., etc. And and two squads that have have players capable of, of winning or losing you games, but also, you know, just a lot of average players as well. It feels like... This is probably the weakest North London derby on paper in the last, you know, the last 10 years. And that goes for both sides. I really do feel that. I think, yes, Tottenham have Kane and Son, two incredibly talented players who could well make the difference. But I think when you look at their central midfield, for example, it doesn't really inspire. When you look at their centre-back options, they don't really uh, inspire. Christian Romero obviously came in from Atalanta in the summer. And uh, he's a player that I've seen quite a bit of being a big Serie A fan who I think is a good centre-half, but I'm not quite sure he's suited to the Premier League. Not quite sure he's going to go on to hit the heights that some Spurs fans may be expected when they signed him. Having said that, he's probably going to have the game of his life now tomorrow if he plays. It's just the way it goes. Uh, But yeah, um, I think Arsenal should be slight favourites. Yeah, I think, as I say, I think the home side, when it is this tight, should have that slight advantage when it comes to uh, the odds and stuff but as I say I haven't checked that out and I will be having a bit of a flutter on that I've got to say so I will have a look and I'll uh, keep you guys posted via social media on what I find and if there's anything that really jumps out at me I feel like I'm I feel like I've improved in the betting game not that I do it crazily you know I do 10 20 quid each weekend for a bit of a laugh and and to I guess make the dull games more exciting and give them a little bit of an edge from a personal perspective. But um, yeah, if there's anything that jumps out with real value, I will be sure to let you guys know, of course. Right, uh, let's get on to it then. Let's talk about Arsenal's starting eleven because there is a lot of discussion about what Mikel Arteta should do. Now, let me just uh, share my screen uh, for those of you watching us uh, via YouTube. Don't worry if you're listening via the audio I will be sure to uh, talk you through everything uh, there we go so here's the here's the lineup screen I think the back four for me is the easiest part of the lineup you know Mikel Arteta has got options in his squad we heard yesterday that everybody's fit everybody's available so what does he do and I guess I've been thinking a lot about this and, and the midfield has been a bit of a uh, uh, what's the word <laughs> a difficult thing to kind of get a hold of and get a grasp of and understand what probably Mikel should do and what he might end up doing and all the other factors that come into that. But in terms of the back line, I think this is really easy. I think Aaron Ramsdale has to start in between the sticks. 
He hasn't put a foot wrong, so why should he be dropped? At right back for me, it has to be Takahiro Tomiyasu. Again, hasn't put a foot wrong. There is no reason to leave him out the side. Moving into the centre of the defence, we know that Ben White and Gabriel are the first choice pairing at the moment. And although Gabriel um, played really, really well at Burnley, I thought Ben White had a couple of moments, a couple of shaky moments that are causing people to ask questions about him. But I still think that if that's the partnership you want to persist with and, the, and you want to find the best balance between having a ball-playing centre-back who's a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more competent on the ball and a more physical and dominating centre-half in Gabriel, then that is the right balance for me. Now, some of you are asking in the chat box, what am I going with, a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 and all of this? I'll get onto it uh, in just a moment. On the screen at the moment, it's showing as a 4-3-3, but I am liable to change that and adapt it. And look, just before we move on from the defence, uh, Black and Blanco says it's about time we had a proper back four. It's about time we knew exactly what the back four was and just pick them week in, week out. You know, yes, Kieran Tierney, whenever fit, plays. Yes, Gabriel was partnered with, with David Luiz quite a bit when they were both available last season, and I thought that worked really, really well. But, you know, the right-back position was always one that we couldn't really get a hold of. We couldn't really understand exactly what the, the idea was, who was the... The main man there, we saw Bellerin play at times, we saw Cedric play at times, we saw Maitland-Niles play there, we saw Callum Chambers come into that position when he returned from injury and it's all been a little bit confusing and a little bit up in the air. So to me, to have a settled back four I think is really important. It's how you build relationships, it's how you build bonds, it's how you become stable as a unit by understanding where each other are going to be, by creating habits that as a group you then adhere to and that become characteristics of your defensive play. So that's my back four. Tierney at left back, Tommy Asu at right back, right back, Gabriel and White in the middle with Aaron Ramsdale in between the sticks. Now, in answer to your question, whether I'm going for a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, I am going to say that I want to see Arsenal play with a 4-3-3. And I want to see Thomas Partey as the, um, you know, the, the anchor man in that the one that does drop into that position just slightly deeper, the one that does clean up in front of the back four, the one who always has one eye on what is going on behind him when Arsenal are trying to progress the ball. I thought he did that job at Burnley impeccably well. Now, Tottenham carry a lot more threat than Burnley, and that means Thomas Partey, if he does play in this kind of role, is going to have to be a lot sharper, a lot more alert. And although he had a great game that day, I think that this is a completely different test. Um, I really, really do. Now, people have talked about in the in the lead up to this game about Mikel Arteta playing this system that he played against Burnley with Partey dropping there, making it a 4-1-4-1 kind of when out of position with the two wingers uh, dropping that little bit deeper. But for me, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can play Emil Smith-Rowe and Martin Odegaard as the two either side of Thomas Partey against opposition as good as Spurs. Now, they have got problems in midfield. We know that they've had players injured. We know that Giovanni Lo Celso hasn't necessarily been great. We know that Skip has been playing matches, a player that, you know, for us looking from the outside in doesn't really scare anybody. And then Tangay and Dombele has been coming into the side and has had some good games, has had some poor games, there have been big question marks about his fitness. But I just think to play the 4-1-4-1 kind of thing that we did against 
um, a Burnley or a 4-3-3, however you want to look at it, just feels a little bit risky if you're going to play Odegaard and Smith-Rowe in there. I feel like it's too lightweight. I feel like it's not defensively solid enough. And I think that, yes, you know, if you revert away from that, you take away a little bit of the creativity from the side. But I think it's more important, especially in the early stages of this game, uh, on Sunday to be that little bit more secure. Therefore, uh, I'm not going to pick both Odegaard and Emil Smith-Rowe. I'm going to pick Martin Odegaard in there, uh, who will obviously have the license to push on that little bit further, drop into those slightly deeper positions where he gets the ball on his left foot and picks out passes. I thought he dropped into these areas here really, really well against Burnley. Uh, he dropped into those areas, got on the ball, and he played a few direct passes over the top into channels for Aubameyang to run onto, channels for Saka to run onto, for Pepe to run onto. So I think Martin Odegaard is, is the one I would go with there. But my other midfield option, or my other midfield selection, would be Albert Sambi Lakonga. Now, we'll talk about the Granite Xhaka thing in a minute, because obviously that is a big, big talking point going into this game. Granite Xhaka returns from suspension. What would we do with him? What do we do with him? What is the solution? What is the answer? I feel like Lakonga is the perfect hybrid between a player who could, when Thomas Partey has to drop an Arsenal out of possession, will drop into those spaces and fill in those holes and be alongside him and bring us that bit of security whilst allowing Martin Odegaard to still be that little bit more advanced. But also when Arsenal do push forward and Arsenal, when Arsenal perhaps break, Lokonga has the ability to step a little bit further forward into a more advanced midfield position and also, just like Thomas Partey, has the ability to pick out passes that break in between the lines, passes that will free the wingers up, passes that will get Arsenal on the front foot very, very quickly. So this is not because I think that Sambi Lokonga is, is the finished article or that I think he's going to dominate the game against Tottenham. I hope he does, obviously. But it's more so because I think the balance just works a little bit better with this three than with any other three that Mikel Arteta uh, has available to him. Now, let's ad address the elephant in the room, the Granite Xhaka thing. And I know a lot of you think that I I think that Granite Xhaka could do no wrong and that he's the perfect midfielder. I've never said that, ever. The only way that Granite Xhaka fits into this team is if Mikel Arteta decides to be that little bit more reserved in the approach and plays Partey and then let me just chuck another body in there. I know there's an extra player on there, but it's just so I can demonstrate the Xhaka point. The only way Xhaka plays in that midfield is if he sits as part of a double pivot with uh, with Thomas Partey. Now, if Mikel Arteta does that, then that obviously gives Martin Odegaard even more license to get forward. It means that the wingers don't have to track back as much. It means that, you know, maybe we're a little bit more secure. But, but I think one of the things that Mikel Arteta can be accused of so far is being a little bit negative at times and sometimes not being brave enough with some of his selections. So for me, as I say, I don't want to see Xhaka in the starting eleven. I want to see Lekonga in there um, as part of that midfield. I want to see him playing alongside Thomas Partey with Martin Odegaard in that slightly more advanced position. Now, do I think that Granit Xhaka will come back in the team? I think there's a very, very, very good chance that he will. In fact, I predict that he will. I think he will come in as part of that double pivot with Thomas Partey. I really, really do. Now, my issue here is 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 a couple of things. First of all, 
Look, I thought the sending off at Manchester City was stupid on Xhaka's part. I really did. But I did think it was slightly harsh. I did think that in another game, in another circumstance, perhaps not at the Etihad, he may have stayed on the pitch for that. I, I don't think it was as bad as some people were making out. And I think the reaction to it was obviously bigger because it was Granit Xhaka. And he's got previous. I think his reputation helped the referee in making that decision to send him off. So I think that on the one hand, you've got to say that he deserved to be... He des Well, he missed three games through suspension. And therefore, he let us down. And so he should be left out of the team. The team's been performing better. The team's been winning football matches. And so to bring him back in the side feels like a bit of an up yours to those guys who have come in, who have performed pretty well, who have done good jobs and who have, um, you know, seen us turn our form around a little bit. My issue, though, is that there is a small part of me that still feels that in a game like this, in a game against our biggest rivals, we need a little bit more experience in the centre of midfield. We need a little bit more grit and we need a little bit more presence. And Sambi Lakonga is a fantastic young player who will get there, I am sure. But if you asked me to bet my house on one of them turning up and performing, um, performing on the day and doing the job that is specifically asked of them, then I still lean towards Granit Xhaka. I think we're at a point now where, as a fan base, people are so fed up of him that in saying that they don't want him in the team, that it's based on... How do I put this without pissing people off? It's based on their feeling towards the player more so than it is based on what he actually does on the pitch and what he's actually done over the last 12 months or so. Yes, he's got mistakes in him. Yes, he's got stupid moments in him. But as a physical presence and, and as someone who I feel reads the game quite well from those deeper positions, I think he could offer something to Arsenal in this game. But it obviously depends on how Mikel Arteta sees it. How does Mikel Arteta see Arsenal approaching this game? If he wants to be bold, if he wants to be brave and he wants to take the game to Tottenham Hotspur, then Granit Xhaka is not your man. And Thomas Partey is the man that drops that little bit deeper, sweeps up in front of the defence, covers the spaces perhaps left by Kieran Tierney when he bombs forward, um, then then you let him do that job. But if you feel like you do need that added bit of insurance, that added bit of protection, then for me, Xhaka plays over Lokonga. But again, that's talking about what I think Mikel's going to do. And, and my view on it is that we should be bold and that we should be brave and that we should take the game to Tottenham. Hence why I've picked the midfield trio that I have of Partey, Lokonga and Odegaard. But if Mikel Arteta's view differs, if Mikel Arteta feels that the double pivot is the way to go, then there is a very strong case that Granit Xhaka should be in that starting eleven. The other thing to add on to the Xhaka debate is how fit is he? You know, we know that he keeps himself in tip-top shape. We know that he's very rarely injured. We know that he's uh, one of the few players that is flawless in that sense for Arsenal Football Club. But he's been out for a while. He contracted COVID. We were told he was asymptomatic, but we don't know how much of an impact that's had on him. Uh, we can't possibly know. Mikel Arteta will have, I'm sure, had a bit of an idea, gained a bit of an understanding on that over the last few days since he's been back at training. But, you know, that is obviously something to consider as well. I think 
although we talk at Arsenal about this young, up-and-coming team of players who we want to see develop and push on and get better and better and grow and develop, I think that Mikel Arteta as a manager is still quite risk-averse. And in that, in being risk-averse, you're unlikely in a big game like this to put all of your faith in kids, to ask two very young players in Odegaard and Lokonga to marshal that midfield in a game of this magnitude. And I feel like he probably, I've said it already, but I feel like he probably would go with Granite Xhaka. And that's just another one of the reasons. A, it depends on the on the way you're going to set up. B, it depends on how fit Granite Xhaka is. And C, I'm finding it hard to believe that Mikel Arteta will say, screw the experience. Let's bring in the young lad who's impressed. So I think Xhaka plays not what I would do. As I've said, my midfield is Partey, Odegaard and Lokonga. But I think Xhaka does play if I'm predicting the starting eleven. Moving into the forward positions, there's a debate around who should play at centre-forward. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has been praised by Mikel Arteta in recent weeks for doing a job for the team, for leading the press, for being a lot more aggressive there. And I actually thought he was a lot better in the game against Norwich. I didn't think he was great against Burnley, but I understand what Mikel was referring to in terms of him pushing forward, in terms of him leading by example and doing a lot of unselfish running. I think Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the captain, retains his place in the starting eleven. I think he probably should. Hadn't seen I didn't see enough from Lacazette in midweek to make me go, mm, you know what, we've really missed him. I know he played with a different front line around him, but I didn't think he looked fantastic, uh, if I'm being honest. And so moving uh moving off from that centre forward position, it's it's clear for me that Aubameyang uh, will probably and should lead the line. Now moving into the wide positions, there's a uh, there's a bit of debate here as well because if I'm going to go with the team I've gone with, it means one of, if you're assuming that Bukayo Saka is going to play, and I thought Bukayo Saka was excellent when he came on against uh, AFC Wimbledon midweek. I thought he was really, really good. Then that means that either Emil Smith-Rowe or Nicolas Pepe would miss out. Now, for me, this one is easy. Okay, I'm going to go with Nicolas Pepe. A lot of Arsenal fans will feel differently, but I have said it time and time again. I'm getting bored of saying it, but Nicolas Pepe remains one of Arsenal's biggest goal threats. Nicolas Pepe, whether you love him or loathe him, whether you think he's worth £72 million or 72 cents, it doesn't really matter because he does produce moments. He does create things. And I think that he is the one that should should get the nod based on that, based on merit. I know Emil Smith-Rowe scored midweek but he doesn't get enough goals. And I think Emil Smith-Rowe is the kind of player that actually could have a big impact from the substitutes bench later on in the game when it is that little bit more stretch, when they are tired legs. And the last thing that the Tottenham defence want to see is somebody picking up the ball in a central, deeper position and driving and carrying it at them, which I think is something that Emil Smith-Rowe is really, really good at. So it's not an easy decision. Well, I said it was an easy decision. It's an easy decision for me in terms of outputs, you know, Pepe wins. But it's a difficult decision in the sense of leaving Emil Smith-Rowe out is always something I'm very reluctant to do. But I think this is the way to go for Arsenal, in my personal opinion. So just to run you through that lineup again, for those of you not watching the video, it will be Ramsdale in goal if I had the choice. Tommy Asu, White, Gabriel and Tierney across the back line. 
My midfield trio would be Thomas Partey, Albert Sambi Lakonga, with Martin Odegaard just slightly advanced of them. It will be Pepe on the right-hand side, Saka from the left, and Aubameyang through the middle. Now, what do I think that that Mikel's going to do? I think that Granit Xhaka comes into that. So I think it will probably be one player different. I think that Lakonga will be replaced by Xhaka, rightly or wrongly. But that's the lineup I am predicting. So um, we'll find out tomorrow at 3.30 p.m exactly what it is that the man decides to do. So that is my lineup. That's the lineup I think Mikel Arteta is going to pick as well. Um, now, in terms of a prediction, I've been saying it all week. I'd, it'd be wrong of me and disingenuous of me to change it now. I'm going to go with a famous old 1-0 to the Arsenal. And I'll tell you what, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang owes us a goal, doesn't he? Having it failed to turn up on time last season. So I'm going to go with a 1-0 Arsenal win. Aubameyang with the goal. And I'll tell you what, that would be great, wouldn't it? It would be fantastic. And look, this this game, I've talked about it already this week, but I just want to kind of re-emphasize the point, is a game that, for me, is, is more significant than just being the North London derby. It's more significant in the sense of Mikel Arteta's had a really rough time. A lot of fans have started to look at some of the new signings over the last couple of weeks and gone, hold on a minute, we might have something here. There might be a bit of hope here. We might have the the core of a good team developing here. But I just think winning a North London derby not only obviously elevates Arsenal's league positions and puts them on par points-wise with Tottenham, who three weeks ago were going to be the Premier League champions, uh, according to their fans. It not only elevates us to that level, but it also, I think, buys Mikel a little bit more time, a little bit more goodwill with the fans. There are games over the course of, of your managerial career that buy you goodwill with fans. And obviously winning a North London derby is right up there in terms of those games. So, um, yeah, I think we will win the game. I think we'll win it by a narrow margin. I've gone for 1-0 to the Arsenal. I've gone for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as the goal scorer. And I would be delighted if we beat them, first of all, because it's them and I love sticking it to them. Um, and I always look forward to the next time I go around my in-laws after after Arsenal beat Spurs. So uh, there's that. But also, I think it would do Mikel Arteta the world of good in terms of not excusing him for everything he's done in the past, not even buying him the rest of the season, but just creating enough distance between Mikel Arteta and the angry mob so that he can continue to work to the best of his ability and we can hopefully push forward. Right, let's get some of your questions on this North London derby in the chat box. Uh, I'll read out some of your predictions. I can see there's a few of them coming through in the chat now. Uh, but get your questions in for the last sort of 10, 15 minutes or so. I'm really, really uh, looking forward to taking some of those. Also, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit the like button. That really, really does help the channel. Make sure you're subscribed if you're new and make sure if you wish to, uh, become a member you've done so by clicking on the link in the description or if you're watching via your computer you can do so by clicking on the link in um, the link underneath your video screen uh, just a couple of stats and facts to round it off while you guys are chucking those questions in the chat box the North London derby has taken place in the Premier League 58 times up until now the Gunners have won 21 of those fixtures Tottenham have won 14 
and 23 of them have ended in draws. A lot of those draws have come in recent seasons because it was far more heavily stacked in Arsenal's favour uh, not so long ago. Uh, looking back at last season's meetings, both sides won their home game. Arsenal defeating Spurs by two goals to one despite them taking the lead uh, at the Emirates Stadium. Remember, Martin Odegaard uh, got that big, big goal uh, that day. And of course, uh, Spurs won at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium by two goals to nil. The season prior, we've got to say they had the upper hand on us. Uh, they drew with us at the Emirates Stadium 2-2 and beat us uh, 2-1 at their place. Going into it form-wise uh, this time around, obviously, Arsenal have won back-to-back games in the Premier League, defeating Burnley and Norwich, but they suffered three defeats prior to that at Brentford, Chelsea and Manchester City. Spurs won their first three games. They beat Manchester City at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, defeated Wolves away by a goal to nil and beat Watford by just a goal to nil at home prior to losing to Crystal Palace very heavily at Selhurst Park 3-0. Get in, Patrick. And of course, uh, they were beaten by Chelsea 3-0 at their place last uh, weekend. So Tottenham's form has, has, has gone down. Arsenal's has gone up. But now we clash in the middle. And, and as I say, big, big game for both sides. It's important for Arsenal to continue that momentum and to build on it and to move forward. It's important for Spurs to stop the rot. So it's a really, really big game. Aside from the fact that it is just... Um, uh, that it is just... Uh, the, aside from the fact that it's the North London derby is what I'm trying to say. Right, let's go over to the live chat box and see what you guys are saying. Let's take some of your predictions uh, from the live chat. Said Abdullah has gone for 2-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, Inter says he'd take out Ben White for Rob Holding. He's not good enough. Interesting. Look, before we continue through the chat, I understand why people have concerns with Ben White. I do. There's been things that I've seen that I haven't liked, that haven't been positive about that haven't been convinced about in fact I criticized him I thought quite heavily when I listened to it back on reflection following the um following the win at Burnley so I understand the concern around Ben White but to a degree if this is as a manager what Mikel Arteta sees as being the future he kind of has to just go with it he kind of has to give him at least a fair amount of time to prove his worth one way or the other and I don't think that you know that he missed he missed the City game. He missed the Chelsea game. I don't think that the three games he's had so far in the Premier League are enough to make that call on. Uh, Terence says 1-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, Steve says he'll take the 1-0 win all day long. Afsar's gone for a 1-1. Graham says there are going to be goals. 3-1 to the Arsenal. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Lijo says 2-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, Afsar says moon the likes. Yeah, make sure you do. Make sure you hit the like button. Uh, Inter says scrappy 1-1, um, sorry, 1-1 or a scrappy win for either side. Uh, Asaf says 2-1 to the Arsenal Partey with his first goal. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Uh, it would indeed. Right, let's take some of those questions then because there's some good questions in here as well. Uh, Jude says, had Partey, Oba or Tierney got on red cards, would the question of whether they walk into the squad have to be asked? So why are we asking the same for another one of our most important players? Look, to a degree, I agree with you. Because I've always beaten the drum about how important Granit Xhaka is and how, although he's not flawless and although he's not the player that a lot of us would like to see in that midfield, he is, at least in the eyes of the coach and the management, a very, very key cog in this Arsenal machine. I think had Kieran Tierney got a red card and Nuno Tavares came in for three weeks and played really, really well, 
and Kieran Tierney's form was questionable, which, you know, let's let's be real. Kieran Tierney's form has been a little bit questionable at the start of this season. It's not been as good as it has been previously. So taking that into consideration, if Kieran Tierney was to, to have been sent off and missed three games and Nuno Tavares had come in for those three games and performed very well, I wouldn't be saying he definitely walks back into the team. I think you need to create this competition within the ranks. You need that to breed... Um, you know, winning mentality. I think that's so, so important. And I think that I, I get what you're saying because I do think a lot of fans are overblowing how, or no, maybe not overblowing, maybe underplaying Xhaka's importance so that they can justify him not coming back into the side because they simply don't like him. I think that that is at play here. But I think the sensible fans will say that, you know, there's a, there's a, there's an argument to be made both ways on this one. I really do think that. Uh, Ridi Saka says, uh, would you take a draw tomorrow? No, I wouldn't take a draw. I'd, I'd rather, If you ask me would I take a draw before the game was played, my answer is no. Because um, I really do believe that Arsenal can win this. And I think the benefits of a win here would be huge and would be felt for Arteta, for the fans, for the players. You know, Arteta has been quite positive about the atmosphere within the stadium over the last few weeks. And I think he's been absolutely spot on. I think he's hit the nail on the head. And I think that only improves further um, and wins him a lot more support if we can continue that. And, and what better way to do that than by winning a North London derby? Uh, let's see what else we've got. I'll take a couple more uh, of your questions before we jump off. Uh, Omar, it's not a North London derby related question, but he's asking for my prediction uh, ahead of uh, Chelsea versus City. That one kicks off at 12.30pm UK time. I'll be tuning into that uh, for sure uh, in just a little bit. But um, prediction, I'm going to put that down as a 1-1. One, one, low scoring draw for me on that one. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Maximus on Xhaka. He says he's statistically the worst midfielder in his position in the league for the last three years. That's first of all, that is absolute nonsense. Where have you got that from? I want to see those DM me on Twitter. I want to see those statistics, all the marker points that you've you're saying. I want to see them listed as, and show me how Xhaka is the worst in all of those. Because actually, statistically, Granit Xhaka is nowhere near as bad as some Arsenal fans make him out to be. Has he made errors that have led to goals? Yes, he has. Has he made more than some others? Yes. But does he also bring a lot to the team? Absolutely, he does. So that is a nonsense argument because that I know for a fact that statistically, when you look across all the metrics in which midfielders are, uh, are measured nowadays, I know for a fact because I've looked it up, I've been doing research on it, I've done plenty of work on it over the last few months. I know that is absolute nonsense. Uh, so I'm I'm sorry to, to shoot you down. Um, I won't shoot down an opinion. If the opinion is different to mine, that's absolutely fine and fair. But to, to pretend that that is fact when it's not, I can't let that go. I have to call that out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, uh, what else have we got here? Um, Rina agrees with me. There's no way that Xhaka is the worst. Yeah, he's not. He's not. Um, absolutely not. Let's pick out one more question then uh, before we jump off. And I guess the, uh, I love this one from Steve. Nice hired one to finish off the show. He says, Mrs. S made me vacuum before I could sit down to watch. 
So therefore, I missed some of the show. Is that grounds for divorce? It absolutely is. Listen, it's 2021. At times, we're going to have to vacuum. At times, we're going to have to do things that we don't want to do. Um, <laughs> previous generations? <laughs> no, it was different, wasn't it? But nowadays, um, you know, everybody helps out. And, and that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fair. But I am one for setting boundaries, i.e. from... 11:30 until 3 today which is when I'm going to be doing this show and then watching the Chelsea Man City game I'm not doing anything you have to set those lines <laughs> you have to set those lines from the very beginning so that people know not to disturb you so uh that's uh that's that's the way I deal with it Steve but is it grounds for divorce if you're missing the chronicles of Aguna to vacuum then I think that probably is uh, at least if not definitely grounds for divorce very very close to it so uh, yeah uh, lovely comment lovely question and a great light-hearted one to end up the show right if you haven't done so already remember to click that like button it really really does help the channel helps get the video out to as many people as possible stop the bickering in the chat get over it come on stop acting like kids um, hit the like button subscribe to the channel if you're new uh, if you want to become a member and go one further, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description. Or if you're watching via YouTube on your computer, you can click the join button just beneath the video screen. I'll catch you all very, very soon. No more North London Derby talk until the game is done. Looking forward uh, to hopefully discussing an Arsenal victory. We'll be back tomorrow with some post-match content from outside of the Emirates Stadium. I'll definitely do that this time. And... We'll be bringing you the full podcast tomorrow evening at around about 8 p.m. So by the time I get back from the games, 4.30, 6.30, say I get out. Yeah, around about 8 p.m. sounds about right. Sounds about the sweet spot. So uh, keep your eyes on the notifications for when that is scheduled. And I look forward to taking you through, hopefully, a successful North London derby for the Gunners. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy the boxing tonight if you're watching it. Chill out. Relax. Not always easy to do on the eve of a North London derby, but do your best. I'll catch you all soon. Ciao. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening.